0: Welcome to Strut It, a place where CEOs and entrepreneurs circle up and get real about how hard and deeply rewarding this whole forging your own path thing is. As a bold dreamer and innovator, it can feel like your house burns down 50 times each day as you try to build the non-conventional life you love. In this podcast, we will dance with the flames of uncertainty, self-doubt, and money scarcity as we build the business empire of our dreams so that we no longer fear the fire, but welcome the heat. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marberry, and I built a six-figure dance studio business from a Craigslist ad and a brilliant idea. Together, we strut through the flames of business ownership, sharing the crucial mindsets, strategies, and collaborations of a life and business dance full out. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. And today we have the most special and spectacular guest. Her name is Kiki Lovelace. So Kiki is a yogini, a mama, an entrepreneur with over 20 years experience as an embodied leadership and success mentor to her conscious CEO, founder, and business owner client she teaches her mentees how to ascend from the altitude of doer and micromanager to leader and build a sparkling team of support so they can stop spending their time putting out fires and doing shit they don't like and instead put their life force into building a legacy level business and life. And my friends, I want to tell you that this interview I am personally so deeply excited about because Kiki is one of my mentors. I worked with Kiki a few years ago and my time with her, I still feel the remnants of our our space and time working together. And I still actually, she, she serves me just with her social media posts and how she shows up a daily for her business and for her life. And so I'm just so personally honored and excited to have a conversation with her today about lack and scarcity and how that really shows up for all of us, not only within our personal lives, but in built a business, as being a small business owner, as being an entrepreneur. And I am just like over the moon, excited for her to share her wisdom with you, my community, my listener today. So buckle your seatbelts, get ready
1: from some Kiki magic. So Kiki, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. I felt when you were speaking, my heart like quickening. So I know that our connection is like so vital and what we're going to talk about today is super important. So thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Kiki, you have such an inspiring story that I think so many small business owners are going to be able to relate to. So I would love for you to kind of take us back and share a little bit of your journey as to how you arrived here today as this conscious CEO and leader.
1: Yes, I, you know, I have so many stories, but I need to like pull out just some tiny little details that I think, uh, I think will resonate for a lot of your listeners. So uh, I won't go into huge detail, but I started out as a Pilates instructor and a yoga teacher when I was like in my early twenties out of college, I tried like a nine to five job and I was like, Whoa, that's not going to work for me. So, uh, you know, I went on to build a home business out of my, out of my, my rental, you know, a Pilates studio. Eventually I opened a brick and mortar Pilates in- and yoga studio, which I still own. And it's a 4,000 square foot studio here in Berkeley, California. And then as I got kind of into that and through that, um, I eventually became a mentor, a business mentor. I started out teaching, and this is when you and I were working together. I was working specifically with Pilates and yoga studio owners, uh, and then have evolved to really work with a much larger group of people at a more advanced place in their business. You know, the people I work with now are conscious founders and business owners And they already have some established like product services. Some of them even have a team already and they're ready to take it to the next level. But, you know, for me, like the the big moment for me that really shifted my journey as an entrepreneur was a couple years after I opened the studio, which was, you know, like most small businesses, I mean it was fucking hell part of my language for the first like 3 years you know i mean you know the, the profit margins as you know in the in the wellness industry especially a brick and mortar business are very tight they're really i mean even at best they're like 30% at best right but they don't start out at 30% and so you know in those early years i went from making i don't know $65,000 a year as a pilates instructor with like no kids or anything no, no one to care for but myself to, you know, living on like 30 K a year, which here in the Bay area is like way beyond the poverty level. Like it's like super, you know, rice and bean situation. And, um, and I knew when I opened my business, I I really had like one main goal besides like serving my life purpose and my souls with my soul gifts, which is always like a thing for me. But my real reason for starting the business was because I knew I wanted to become a mom. And I knew that, I needed to be able to make money without having to be there. That was like a thing for me back then. And of course, when I got into studio ownership, that wasn't the case at all. Like I was so a part of the day to day. And if I didn't show up, the money didn't come in, you know? So I had to learn that lesson. I got pregnant about two years in. And I just had to learn it hard and fast, you know, It's was like, how am I going to take a maternity leave when the business is a hundred percent relying on me? Uh, and so, yeah, during that first pregnancy, I, I really just sort of surrendered to the request that my business was making and my life was making is like, learn how to let go of your freaking con- control freakiness, you know, and, and like delegate work with your team. Cause I already had a team. I just didn't know how to work with them. Or how to lead them, and um and like let go, like let go of having to be the one, having to be the star, you know. And, you know, there was just so many layers of that. But, eventually, you know, in a combination of my first business and my second business, you know, I quite quadrupled my income, you know, making like about a half a million dollars a year. To and that's like, you know, from the years of you know ten years ago making thirty k a year. Um, And now I only work about like 15 hours a week or so. So I feel like I've, I've been playing this game now for some time of like, how can I have more purpose and more impact, but with less time, how can I make more money, but have more spaciousness for, for my being, my whole being for my family Uh, That's the game I like to play. And that's the game I like to help my, my clients play.
0: Oh my goodness. I love that. And I, I so relate to your story as well in building wedding dance coach, my brick and mortar studio in Denver, because when I same thing, when I first launched that business, I was the only teacher and I would, I would work for, I would teach for eight or nine hours in a row on a Sunday. And it was just really long hours, really grueling. And, but of course it was my baby. I was so dedicated to it, but then I got pregnant and I was like, Oh, poof, I got to hire a teacher. And, you know, and then the journey started and, um, and yeah, so I so relate to, to your story and I know so many people will. And so when you were talking about Yeah. I, I think of Kiki as like this time magician or like money magician. And, and I love how Kiki, how you said that you just love like playing with it. And that's one thing that I learned from Kiki is that one of the mindsets of this is all a grand experiment and not being so damn attached to every freaking thing and like have, you know, riding the emotional roller coaster. And, and I see, you know, being in keys energy field, it's like, there's this sense of um, it's like, she's so deeply invested, but not like at- attached in like an unhealthy way. I don't know. That's just kind of how I would describe watching you. And so I feel like this kind of perfectly evolves into our conversation around lack and scarcity. And because I hear entrepreneurs all the time saying, like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money to invest in a mentor. I don't have this. I don't have that. And there's just a lot of, um, or like, I don't come from money or it must've been so easy for you and, you know, all of the stories. Um, and so I would love to start with, I know that you and I are both in alignment around that lack and scarcity is not just a mindset and, and kind of the positioning of this conversation. So I would love for you to kind of start there as to I guess what is lack and scarcity and what perspective are you and I coming at it from today.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's so important. I mean, you and I are white women who are cisgendered and at least in appearance is straight, you know, hetero. So we we walk on this planet with a lot more privilege and access than the global majority. You know, and then black and brown and indigenous people, people of color, and so I just feel like it's so important for two white women having a conversation about lack and scarcity to acknowledge that like it's 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 a real thing. Like there are systems of oppression in our in ourselves, in our businesses, in our communities, and on our planet that make it such that people are having a real live experience of not having enough. You know, that, that people, there are people, especially people of color who have to go out and work a obscene amount of hours just to like put food on the table. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately, you know, here we are, as we're recording in the pandemic of like, um, I was reading how so many, um, essential worker parents are having to make this terrible choice right now of like not testing their children when they have a symptom because of COVID because if they test them and then they come back positive, the parent can't go to work. And then who, how are they going to pay for rent? So, so this is all to say that like lack and scarcity is not something in our imaginations, which I think a lot of, especially in our field, you and I, white women coaches, it drives me crazy when I see this, when they say like, it's all about your mindset, just change your mind or, you know, have an abundance mindset, which by the way, I totally teach, but like, have an abundance mindset, and then everything else will be taken care of. Like, that's not true. So we just, we want to start this conversation with saying like, yes, you and I are about to talk about how to heal on an individual level, but can we acknowledge that the the whole planet and all of us need to participate on healing on a collective level and actually changing and dismantling the systems? And I personally feel like we can do that. That's not something that someone else is in charge of. And that we just get to be like a victim to, it's like, we must participate in that collective change, in my opinion, you know, to change the system as well as work on the individual level, which you and I are about to talk about.
0: I so appreciate you sharing that and like putting this conversation in perspective is is what I'm hearing too, is just like, and I love that you pointed out, we're talking about the individual, but it's we don't want to ignore the realities of the world and the systems of oppression that, that are present. And, um, before we kind of move into what we can do as individuals, I would love for you to share how, like, I I agree with you. It's like, we each have our own responsibility in dismantling these systems of oppression. So, for someone who's like, yes, I agree. But what do I do? Right. Um,
1: what do you suggest? What's a good starting place? We should have a total, another podcast episode about this, but like, I'll just share shortly that, um, you know, I personally invest, I have anti-racism mentors. I have been investing in my education because I didn't grow up with any education in my family or in school around my whiteness and around pr- what is privilege. And so I, that's number one is like hire an anti-racism mentor. There are amazing humans out there, people of color out there and white people actually also who, who can help you start to unpack your whiteness and even understand what that means. And I feel like from that, that center of like you doing that very uncomfortable looks within work, and tracking your own unconscious bias, which we all have, and recognizing we're just swimming in the sea of racism all day long. And nobody's nobody's excluded from the sea. We're all in it. So from there, then you can start to have conversations, you know, inside your family. That's like one sphere of influence, you know, inside your friend group, inside your organization, your business organization with your employees, you know, and then it ripples out from there. So, but to me, it feels like it's, a, it's performative if it's out in the world and that's not helpful, that's harmful, especially when you're a white woman like you and I. It has to come from like genuine looks within work and study and learning and unpacking. And it's not a short thing. It's like, it's a lifetime commitment. So that's what I would say. Those are the choices that one human can make to start to make this ripple through the collective that we're talking about and really demonstrate that community care is just as important, if not more important than self-care, which is what, you know, you and I are in the business of really, you know, and so many, I'm sure of your listeners are too.
0: Yes. And I'm reading my grandmother's hands right Mm. now. Amazing book. And that's, that's helping me. Um, and it's one of the things I'm, I love about that book is that the path to one of the paths to healing the racialized trauma, it's, it's in our bodies. And I think that that is, you know, I'm, I'm not done with the book yet, but, um, that's one step that I'm taking to like, you know, dig inside of myself and, um, and do that work. So I appreciate you sharing and yeah, maybe we can do a whole nother episode, um, about, about what we can do. Cause I think it's really important. I know it's important moving into, the The energy of lack and scarcity, I would love to ask you, how do you know as an entrepreneur that you are in lack and scarcity? Because I know that the first step to healing anything is awareness. But if you're just, if you, if this belief system is so embedded in you that you're like, well, this is just how it is. I have a hundred dollars in my bank account and that's just that's it, Elizabeth. So you can't tell me anything about you know whatever, right? So how do you know? Like, what would be some signs that you're in lack and scarcity? And and I would love to know too. Like, how how would you define lack and scarcity, or what does that mean to
1: you? Yeah, that's a. Those are such awesome questions. So you know, lack and scarcity, the thing of like not having enough, to me is like almost like a separate issue. Like what we're talking about today is like the mentality of lack and scarcity, the belief system that there's not enough or that you only have this choice or the other, you know, the binary choice of like, it's this or nothing, you know, Um, or that it's so hard for you, but it's not hard for anyone else, you know, like those kinds of pieces. So so that's what we're talking about today is the mentality, the belief systems. And so I think to answer your question, you have to become a really expert self-tracker and be like almost becoming the neutral observer of your thoughts and not getting so taken by them all the time, but just noticing, oh, I'm having a thought. That's an interesting thought that I'm having, you know? And so there's certain words or energies that are a tip to me that I'm going into lack or scarcity. So one of them is when I start shooting myself. So when I start saying, well, I should do that because blah, blah, blah. Or another word is like, there's not enough, which we've been talking about a little bit today. So like, there's not enough, uh, you know, leads, there's not enough clients, there's not enough money, there's not, you know, there's not enough. I would say another way is I start to get sort of like myopic where it it almost feels like when I'm looking at a decision or at a course or a path I want to take, it seems like there's only one choice. I don't have any other choice. That's a signal to me that I'm starting to move into lack or scarcity because right, there's always multiple ways to solve a problem. There are limitless ways to act, you know, to embody your creativity and do something different. So anytime I'm, I'm, I'm doing those things or saying those things to myself, I'll add one more to the mix. It's like that feeling of obligation. Like, I don't really want to do this, but I have to, because this is how it's done, or this is what someone told me to do. So those kind of, those are the thoughts that I've become, I would say like really skillful at, like, I just hear myself and I think, oh, I'm, I'm, there I go again, (laughs) there I go again. So then the minute, just to your point, like the minute I become aware of it, now I have choices because I'm aware of it. I can choose to plug into that or I can choose to focus on something that might be more interesting to me or might be more helpful in support of what I want for my life. And that's when things get really sexy, you know, when you start like deciding, oh, I could focus on that. And I, and like, that's a thing, or I could change my brain's focus onto something that is more enticing, (laughs) you know, or maybe gets me closer to what I want. I love that moment of choice. And I love making that choice.
0: Wow. Yeah. Question about that. I love, I love that. So what I'm hearing is that you have these little like red flags in your brain of, Oh, I'm shooting myself or I'm, you know, I've, I'm in this like binary thinking of it's just this, there's no other option. Like, which to me is, yeah, I feel like a red flag is always when we're in like just any kind of extreme thinking where it's like that, you know, the all or nothing mentality because I always come back to the question I ask myself is like what is true? What is true is that there's limitless possibilities or there's always other options. And I want to share a personal story that I was actually thinking about before I jumped on with you Kiki is that um I am searching I was searching for a service for my child. And it was feeling impossible to find. I had very specific things I was looking for. I needed it to be after school. I needed it to be within, you know, our budget. I needed it to be within a certain distance. And I was just calling all of these places. And I can honestly tell you that yesterday I had this moment of, I feel like I'm doing the impossible right now. I feel like I, and I was in lack and scarcity yesterday. Okay. And I was sitting in my car and my kids in dance class, I'm sitting in my car and I'm like on the brink of tears because I just feel like I keep running up against a brick wall. And then today everything shifted. I made, I got an email, I made a phone call and I found the exact service that I need for my child within the distance, within the budget, within the timing And just 24 hours ago, I really, truly felt it was impossible. And so I think it's, it's interesting because I know that this is something we, we can all relate to. We all struggle with it to some extent. And I guess the question is, yes, I love this idea of like coming into what, what it is that you actually want, but. I also kind of feel like that is like, I feel like there's a middle ground before you get into the want, which is, is it like the feeling, like feeling what you're feeling? Or is it, I know you talk all the time about like nervous system freedom. Mm -hmm. And is it like, sometimes you actually have to rest before you can feel into the possibilities. I'm just curious how you dance with that or how you weave through that path.
1: I a hundred percent agree with you that like the most useful question is what do I want? You know, when you, when you, once you realize you're doing this thing and like, it's not helping actually, then one of the best ways to refocus your energy is what do I want right now? What do I want? And just letting yourself play out the vision or the dream of what you want to call in and even letting yourself embody it, like letting yourself feel what it will feel like to have had that so but you're right that like that's not always accessible really when you're in that place of like in tears in your car is this ever going to work this seems impossible i have i have something for you yeah so this is about it's it's what i would call identity work and it's about embracing the identity that you are an impossible goal achiever or an impossible dream achiever. And you're, you're not here to do things that, that are normal or that are average. You're here to do and bring forth the dreams for your life, your family, our community, our planet, our people. And and when you start embracing this as an identity, like I'm just saying it like repeatedly throughout your day, well, I, I, do, I do impossible things all the time. I'm an impossible dream achiever. Like that's what I do. Then the whole process of bringing a dream to life, you can befriend it. Because the thing is, to bring a dream to life, you will always have those dark moments where you think it's not going to work. It's not like even when you're making a half a million dollars, or you have a seven-figure business, eight-figure business, or whatever it is your goal, your impossible dream is, it's not like you're not going to feel those feelings. You will still be a human with doubt, with fear, you know, with like confusion sometimes, like that's not going to go away. So to me that's always a sign I'm on the right track to bring my impossible dream to life is when I'm starting to feel that <laughs> moment of like oh my god is this ever going to work you know because it's like that's a form in a way of um I would call it like resistance or um yeah like that feeling when your body has a stress response you know which is a natural response to doing anything new or different you know in order to bring a new dream to life you have to take new action and that creates a stress response. One of the stresses, one, one, one thing that fe- that your body or your biology does is it tells you, you can't have that, you can't do that. Stay small, stay safe. Do the same old thing that you always do, that would be better, you know? And so when I'm having that feeling as a result of taking new action, I just think of it as, yep, yep, I'm on my way. Like it's almost here, you know? And so I don't get fooled by my biology anymore. The biology of fear, self-doubt, imposter syndrome. Like it's just part of my process of being an impossible dream achiever.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that so much. It's so good. Impossible. I am an impossible dream achiever. I love that. I, okay. I'm going to go write that on a post-it note. I'm going to put it on my bathroom mirror. I love that so much. And I completely relate to that because every time I've been on the cusp of like a major up level, major growth, I know you use the word like quantum leap a lot. Like when I'm on that edge, that precipice, I, there is that stress response. And I, and I love, I love that you have befriended it, that you're not afraid of it, that in fact, you actually see it as like It's the yellow brick road, right? Like you are, you're like, yep, here I am on the yellow brick road. And oh, there's that beautiful mushroom again, you know. (laughs) Just made that up. Um, (laughs) but, But I love that so much because I, one of the ways that I, and I'm curious what you think, do you feel that procrastination can show up as lack and scarcity? Because I feel like I've identified this recently with myself where. I'm take I'm like taking so much longer to do the thing than it's required. And I realized, and that happened to me recently in building my dance studio, wedding dance coach. And when I sat, when I finally like sat down and I said, I'm not getting up from this chair until this thing is done. I was done in like two hours and I think I put it off for like two weeks and I'm like, what? And then I dug into it and I'm like, what's up with that? Cause I have this beautiful curiosity mindset and I was like, what's up with that? And then I realized it was because I was so afraid. I was like, I've never done this before. I'm in like new territory. I'm scaling a business in a way I've never done before. I'm trying out all these different new revenue streams and different ideas and I don't know what's going to work. And like, and I totally was in this like stress response. So do you, does that show up for you? Do you feel like procrastination
1: is a sign of, of that you're in scarcity? It's it's yet another sign that you're on the yellow brick road. Like it's so procrast there's like a few signs that you're doing something so so I want to like back up and say like this one piece which I learned from one of my coaches is like to get new results you must take new action. And the thing is no one knows how to take new action. It's new. You've never done it before. It's stressful and this is part of why like not everyone is really made to be an entrepreneur because you sort of live constantly in that state of like needing to take new action that you literally have no idea how to do right and so yeah like again you know there's fear that comes up, like terror terror will come up um sort of a freeze response procrastination one of my favorite forms of resistance um to doing the thing, the taking the new action that will produce the the new result is like magical thinking. Like, oh, I don't need to do that because blah, blah, blah. Like that's another one of my my go-tos. So yeah, these are all like signs that you're doing the right thing, keep going. You, you can have all of your feelings, you know, you will have all your feelings, your fear, your, your self-doubt, but you can also learn how to become a more neutral observer of the feelings and not create a story out of the feelings that then changes your actions. You know, it's like, you still go forward. And that's the thing is like, yesterday you were in the car, you're having this moment, but you didn't scrap the whole thing, email everyone and say, forget it. <laughs> I'm not interested anymore. You know, you didn't give up, you stayed with it. And I think, I think that's the thing that is challenging, you know, is to be an impossible dream achiever, you have to have stamina, you know, because it's not a linear path. There are some days that are high. There are some days that are so low and you just doubt yourself. You think, is this even possible? Right. So it just create, it just requires stamina it requires pacing yourself in my experience is like, I'm personally in a way more of a fan of like sustainable growth than quantum leap growth. Like I, 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 I've upon quantum leaps in my own life. Sometimes not a purpose, it just happens. Or sometimes my goals, like the dreams that kind of come through are of the quantum leap variety. And I'm like, okay, I guess let's go, you know, but the truth is I like sustainable growth myself, you know, like Something that is like a little stretch each day, but doesn't feel like you've gone from here to here and you don't have the internal resources to even absorb it, you know?
0: Yeah, that feels way better for my nervous system, like the stability energy um, and feel I love that, like taking a new action every day. And I think another thing that's coming through is just like letting go of the belief that you know, in this social media world where we can see each other's businesses and we can celebrate sales or wins or all these beautiful things, which is wonderful. I think I I love doing that. And I love seeing other people celebrate, but I think it's easy as entrepreneurs sometimes to, to start to have the storyline of, well, she's successful because she has it all figured out, you know, and, or, um, I don't know, just a sense of, she takes new actions every day, but it's she knows what she's doing and I don't. And it's like it's getting over that hump of we all every every entrepreneur, everyone that is a huge, big, bold dreamer just is constantly leaping without seeing a net. You know, like like constantly, like I can't say it publicly say the show that I auditioned for, um, a, a national television show with investors on it. But when I applied for that show, I was just like, I don't even know what I would, I don't even know what I would pitch if I was on this show, but I'm going in. And then when they called me, I was just like, oh my God, what am I going to (laughs) do? But I just, I love that example because it's like, that is, that to me is, is the fun part of being an entrepreneur. And I can understand from not everyone is, is cut from that thread of, of, of that cloth of, like being excited with the unknown. And I do feel like you, you, you have to kind of enjoy that a little bit to, because of, because of what you were saying before, which is that there's the stamina piece. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs and, and small business owners get into that trap of, Oh, well, I'm going to quit working for, for the man. I'm going to quit working for corporate America and I'm going to do my own thing and it's going to be easier. <laughs> right. And it's like, uh, nope, this is not
1: easier. <laughs> it's not easier, especially at first, you know, it's, it's not easier. I mean, I always think of the entrepreneur journey as the hero's journey because, you know, you have to, just like every hero or heroine or her- her- heroics, let's use a gender neutral term um like you have to go through a journey you have to become a different version of yourself to arrive you know at the last scene and you have to slay the dragons and you have to come to terms with who you are with where you came from with what you want you know it's like it's you know in some ways like the mechanics of building a successful business are really not that hard. Like you can just invest in a few courses, learn how to market, learn how to sell and learn how to price and make offers. And then you have the mechanics, like after about two years of study, you just know how to do it, but it's what makes or breaks in my opinion, the successful business owner is this piece we're talking about. It's stamina and it's also trust. It's like, trusting that you don't know how to do the whole thing, but you do know, like the thing that you would like to do today, (laughs) you know, and like the thing that feels like the right thing, even if it feels scary or illogical, or like the timing is off, you just know in your bones, like, okay, this is what I need to do next. So then you just do that thing. And then you just know that the next piece will arrive, right? Like your intuition will teach you the net will tell you the next piece. You don't have to understand the whole plan. No one does. So that's a pointless endeavor is try to plan the whole thing out. And, and yeah, so it requires stamina. It requires trust. And I would say on the biggest level, it requires like self-respect, like respecting your dreams and your visions for your life, for our community, for our people, for our planet, instead of thinking they're too much or they're silly, or they're just like, you know, like I think so many of us dreamers like have been told by society or by our families or both that like, it's just too much. Or like, that's, that's, that'll never happen. Right. There's another lack and scarcity thing that we've all heard, you know, that'll never happen. So it requires a tremendous amount of self-respect, respecting your own visions and dreams and abilities to learn something that you have no idea how to do currently.
0: Yeah. And it takes a deep amount of sense of self-worth, like, which I think is alignment with self-respect, because in order for you to respect yourself, you have to know that you are worthy as you are now today. So even though you're not where you want to be, the worthiness piece is in this moment, I am worthy. And I, I, I find a lot of power in that because I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs and business owners, our, our energy and our focus is just like so outward, which is, which is necessary, right? We need that. We need, we need advice. We need support. We need courses. We need to learn, but I've, I've also, you know, fallen into the trap of like consuming, consuming, consuming. And then I, I forget that I have so much wisdom within myself and I love Kiki that you always bring it back to building your business and kind of just your next step, not only in business, but in your day-to-day life as a mom, as a partner, as a human of what if we listen, what if we came inward and we allowed our intuition to guide us. And we allowed that to be enough because I think when you can tap into your intuition and you can listen and you honor it inevitably, when you go inward, that's when you can touch that center, that core of you, which is that, that worthiness piece that you are just rooted in yourself and in a way, instead of your energy being so outward focused, your energy draws in and it fills you up and then you are, you are empowered. And it doesn't mean that you don't ask for support or opinions or you do your research or any of that, but it's, that's one thing that I learned in working with Kiki is that it's so powerful to build a business in a radically different way than our society wants us to. Our society is like exhaustion is about a badge of honor. Busyness is a badge of honor burnout. Let's all just burn ourselves out. Let's work ourselves to the bone. And this is what I love about Kiki and being in her field and, and working with her as a mentor is, is it's all about building your business from your heart, from your intuition, from, from your soul purpose. And it just feels like a radically different way of building a business.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like this is why I love working with what I call conscious business owners, conscious founders, conscious CEOs, because trust me, there's plenty of business owners, founders, CEOs who don't operate on this level. They, they want the external pieces. I mean, they might want the time freedom. They definitely want the financial freedom, but the internal, like what we were talking about before nervous system freedom the kind of soul freedom is just not as important to them. And that's fine. But there's a group of us who cannot operate in any other way. Like if, if, if the inside is not all shined up and in alignment, the outside will never get there, you know, because we will self-sabotage till the cows come home if it's not in alignment for us. And I'll just give a quick example of this is, you know, when I used to, to, before I started my coaching business, I was a teacher trainer. You know, I, I developed a Pilates teacher training and a yoga teacher training. And that was sort of one of my identities as a leader and a facilitator. And I got to a point after I'd had kids where I did not want to work on the weekends anymore. You know, like those teacher trainings are so much time away from family And it just wasn't true to my life anymore that I could really do that. And so instead of recognizing that, I I didn't really know what to do. It was the main way that I was making money at the time. And I didn't really know what else to do. It was also a core part of my identity. And what I did is I just self-sabotaged. So the cows come home. Like I would like put out a teacher training, not really allow enough time for the launch, like completely energetically block people from signing up for it essentially. So then that was even worse because I'd have to show up for a 200 hour teacher training, you know, to a very small group of people for peanuts, you know? (laughs) And so I kind of came to realize is like, I either do this my way in a way that's aligned to my soul, my heart, my ethics, my beliefs, who I want to be as a mom, who I want to be as a white woman who I want to be, you know, as a as a boss or I don't do it. It's like either aligned business inside and out or nothing. You know, because because this this way of doing it like just to make the money didn't even work for me. I couldn't even make it happen. <laughs> you know, because I'm that powerful of a manifester, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, I'd manifest poor outcomes as well as great ones, you know. So, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, that, that is the fun thing about working with conscious founders, you know, and business owners is like, is like, we have to do it in a way where our inside is as shining and sparkly as the outside, or it's not going to work for us. We just won't allow ourselves even to do Mm -hmm.
0: it. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that visualization of the inside sparkling. So then the outside sparkles even more. And I love that you shared too, that that's that model doesn't, uh, not everyone needs that. I think sometimes I'm, I'm kind of boisterous about it. Like this is the best way. And then I realized like, okay, actually, no, not everybody needs to operate their business from this standpoint. I, it's just what is so aligned for me as an empath and And just kind of highly sensitive person I've I've discovered this is this is what's sustainable and pleasurable for me in building a business. So I I love that you shared that. So before we close, and I want I definitely want you to share where people can find you if they want to learn more about you. Is there just any final thought that you want to leave with people in terms of lack, scarcity? Um, maybe a mantra, an intention, a practice, anything, any last little golden nugget that you feel called to share before we close?
1: I think what's coming through as I'm hearing your question is just like, take your time. Like this isn't, this doesn't have to be an emergency. And I know as when you're a beginner entrepreneur, it feels like a fucking emergency, you know, because you're like, how am I going to pay for this tomorrow? You know, or like, you know, what I used to do is like, this is before I ran payroll on, on, on my online payroll service, I would write checks on, you know, the Monday they were due and just pray to God, no one would cash them till Thursday. Cause I did not have enough money in the account to pay payroll, <laughs> you know, but I wanted to be on time. So, but it feels like an emergency. And certainly in those early years when you're learning so much and you just don't know, you know, we all start from zero, zero dollars, zero, zero clients, zero customers, you know, zero, zero knowledge, really. Um, but take your time, you know, you, you have to, in order to be successful, you just, you have to play the long game. And I was talking to my own mentees in my mastermind about this last week is like in those early years, you also have to play the short game, but you, you sign because the the bills are due tomorrow, but, and so you have to figure out like, what am I going to put out today that will give me some cash that will put it into my account tomorrow. Right. So that's like the short game. But simultaneously you have to start playing the long game is like, how do I serve my people consistently? How do I show up, whether it's in their email or on the YouTube or in their social media? How do I play this consistent game of being of service, of making offers, of using my intuition to download the next cool thing that I'm stoked about that I feel aligned with? Uh, and, And and yeah, it's just about day by day, these little changes. Uh, That may feel subtle to you day to day, but like they will add up to something big, you know, it's now that I've, you know, been an entrepreneur for almost my entire adult life for 20 years, I just see that so much of the time I spent in that kind of panic and anxiety, where if I just had more faith, that like, I'll just keep making the steps that are right in front of me, and it will work out. I just, I wish I could bless up that younger self version of me with that faith, you know, and I will say that being a business owner, like taught me how to pray again, because I'm a recovering Catholic. Um, And like, I didn't really know how to pray authentically until it got to that point, you know, in my business where I was like, I don't even know what else to do. I'm just going to pray now, (laughs) you know? Um, But yeah, it's about being patient. It's about playing the long game and and just being kind to yourself along the way. Cause this is not easy, you know, to your point it's, it sounds glamorous, you know, but I, I just, I was remembering as I was thinking about talking you, to you this morning, I was remembering that we, even within the first like three months of opening my studio business, I remember saying to my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time or my fiance and saying to him, like I have, I have started my dream business and it's no fucking dream. <laughs> That's what it felt like. I was like, shit, this is what I asked for. Are you serious? (laughs) But I'm so glad I stayed with it, you know, because now I've turned it into my actual dream business.
0: I love that. That is so inspiring. Like the long game and just being patient and being kind to yourself and yeah. I, I love that. Cause I think so many people get caught up in that impatience and then they interpret the in, the impatience as I must be in the wrong line of business. I'm going to quit. And, um, Kiki is such a testament to just stick with it. Keep listening to your heart, have faith and you will build, build your dream business. So I just love that so much. So I know everyone's going to want to know more about where they can find you. If they want to work with you, what should, where, where
1: can they go? Yes. Uh, I'm going to give you a link to put in the show notes because I have a little freebie guide, which I'm like, I feel like your audience would so appreciate It's called intuition for rapid business growth. And I love this guide because it's super actionable about like how to work with this voice in your head. That is your area in your body as it may be or out in the ethers, because we all experience intuition differently. But like, how do you actually sort out which of the inner voices is intuition versus, you know, lack or scarcity or whatever else is in there? Uh, And then what to do about it, how to act on your intuition and really use it as a superpower to like turbocharge your business's growth. It's not the only thing required for a conscious entrepreneur. Like I feel like in the early years of business ownership, I kind of like relied on my intuition because I didn't really have much else. So yes, you need to learn some other things, but no matter where you are in your, in your entrepreneur journey, like to learn how to consciously work with your intuition as a, as a guiding source of information for what's next in your business is so empowering, is so powerful. And it actually, I think is like really nourishing for us who are more conscious folks or more empaths or highly sensitive people is like when we start kind of, um, using all of our spiritual gifts in service to our business, that's where it gets really tasty. Yes.
0: Ooh, that sounds delicious. So we will be sure to include the link to that guide so everybody can get it. And I will be sure to include the link, um, Kiki has an incredible Facebook group that has so many resources. She's constantly doing trainings and it's just a beautiful community. So we'll, we'll link, we'll link all your goods in the show notes, but thank you Kiki so much. This was such an honor. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth. I always love talking to you. It's just so natural. We always have a good time together and I'm just, I'm just so happy to to share these pieces with your audience.
0: Okay. Let's shimmy our way out. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. (laughs) Have a beautiful day, everybody. I'm Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for being here. Let's keep the dance party going by hanging out on social media together. You can follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Marbury or dance with me on TikTok at Wedding Dance Coach. If you love today's show, be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.